Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone. 
Uh, grateful to be with you. I, you know, that's one of those songs that are out right now that I never change the channel for some reason. I, I love that song by Pink, but I've always looked at it as just a relationship song. And then when I saw the, it came in and saw the pictures of different faces in this kind of diverse community coming together, it gave me a new vision for what, what that song is saying. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit in this new series we're starting to Unstoppable Force. How God will enter into a community and he unites and he creates these families, these villages that go out and to really are a force for his kingdom. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I've been gone for the last two weeks. I've missed you, uh, but I've been suffering in California. But... Two weeks ago, I'm not kidding, I said to you, I said, well, you know, sorry, but I'm going to be gone in Pasadena, California, so see you later, you know, and, and then I get there, and you realize the weather was in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. <laughs> it was warmer here, and, I, and I'm not kidding you, and they looked at us, back, and they're like, we don't know what's happening. I'm like, I know what's happening. The Lord is punishing me for being arrogant <laughs> and teasing you. But I was there, uh, I'm getting towards the end of my master's degree at Fuller Seminary, and I have this small group of people that I've been walking for two years with. Uh, we, we call each other Kampung 38. Kampung uh, in Indonesia means village. And it's a beautiful group of people, honestly. And we are knit together in a unique way. They come from all over the world. And we're connected. That's the beauty of, of our technology. They were connected. Uh, the guy in the, in the front there, uh, one of the guys there, he, he lives in Switzerland doing ministry with a Latino community. Believe it or not. Uh, we have people from uh, Nigeria, from Uganda, from Thailand, from uh, all of that region. Uh, it's amazing. From Central America, from the West Coast to the South, all of us. And uh, it has been an incredible experience. In fact, the last day we were together, one of the young guys stood up and said, do you realize that this may be the last time we're ever in the same room until we meet each other in heaven? Because of the stuff that's happening that they're a part of with God's work around the world. Unbelievable. So it was a privilege the last couple of weeks. And we're, that's actually going to tie in to the theme of our day-to-day -day as how God is working around the world. And we get the privilege to step in and be a part of that, be part of his purposes. I have a couple opportunities that I want to draw your attention to. The first one is, believe it or not, Good Friday and Easter are upon us already. Can you believe that? It is flying. And so we have uh, three services on Good Friday. On the, and uh, then we have seven services between the Saturday and Sunday for Easter. And we have tickets for that. We'd love you to be part of it. And we're excited about what God has given us this year. And so kensingchurch.org forward slash Easter. We do tickets if you're brand new here. Uh, if you're brand new, they only are going to cost you like $600. But if you've been here for a while, they're free. <laughs> no, they're absolutely free. But we do that so that we know uh, who's coming to each service and we can make room, make sure that everyone has a seat. So be part of that. Now, behind the scenes, many times you don't realize that there's a powerful group of people that make all of this go, make everything. In fact, one of them is playing piano today, and that's our internship program and our interns. They're powerful people of all ages, and so that's coming up where people can sign up for the next year of that, the next 10-month run. We made a video, and we'd love you to watch it, and then I'll have a couple thoughts for you. The Kensington Internship is a 10-month adventure of learning and life change. Choose whatever excites you, mentoring students, honing your creativity in the arts, or diving in with our local and global partners. 
Whatever your passion, you will grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. Every week I can expect to grow and learn something. My own potential that I even see in myself has increased unbelievable amounts. Once you have confidence in who God is and seeing his promises, nothing else matters. A deep, intimate relationship with him leads to huge changes on a daily basis. It's cool. Lifelong friendships are being built within this program. What started out as just an internship and having other interns has grown into like this really small wolf pack of solid guys that are always there. We always are there for each other and support each other. God seems to personalize the Kensington internship. He's been really teaching me that like I am his daughter and that he delights in me just because of who I am. And I have to look at myself the way that God looks at me. Having real job experience, being able to get your hands dirty, doing actual projects, but also you're still learning. The internship program is for people of all ages and all walks of life. So whatever your background, we invite you to dream with us. What could God do with 10 months of your life? I think that that question, what could God do with 10 months of your life, is, is a great question. And I've watched, I mean, I was here before we had our internship program. Uh, I, I feel bad for the first intern that was ever under me because it was horrible. But, uh, but we've got, because we have great leaders now, not me, uh, our internship program is amazing. And the, the impact that they have on our life, even like I said, having Maggie with our Troy team this year has been such a gift. And they are filled with so much uh, energy, imagination, gifting. Uh, it's been great. And then we put them through 10 months of this beautiful training. So if you're that person, and by the way, we've seen people from all different stages of their life be part of this. And so we'd love to invite you into this process. You can go online, kensingchurch.org forward slash interns, and you can get information or ask any one of us. Well, in a minute, I'm going to have you stand up and just greet someone next to you, say hi and good morning. But before I do that, I just want to take 30 seconds, if I could, and pray for CMU, pray for uh, just Michigan uh, right now. If you don't mind, I was in California on Friday when I heard that news. My niece goes there. Uh, we went back and forth a little bit. So I would, I'd love to, to pray, and then, uh, and then I'll have you greet one another. Join me in prayer, please. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we can gather freely uh, here when I know that some of my friends are going back to places where you can't do that. And so we want to thank you that we can gather here freely and worship you. Uh, Father, I want to be reminded this morning of what your scripture says, that you hold all things together, that you're over all things and you hold it. Sometimes we can't see that. And so would you remind us of that this morning? Would you take our concerns and our doubts and our fears and would you hold them for us? And Lord, guide us in your way. I specifically pray for Central Michigan University. I pray for the little villages that you have there of your people that can rise up in times of darkness and confusion and bring clarity and light. And so I ask for that. Faculty members, teachers, students that are following you to step in and bring your peace that surpasses understanding. I pray for the student and his family involved in this. I pray that your presence is felt and that we see you working in tremendous ways. And if there's any way, Lord, uh, that we need to step in as a community, would you nudge us and guide us that way? Thank you. Amen. Well, I would love you to stand up and greet someone next to you and tell them if you've ever been an intern.
Well, this morning we do have a special treat for our message. We're actually having Dave Wilson and Steve Andrews on video giving us the message today, giving us the heart of the start of this particular church and the vision that they see that God has for our future. This is unique. In fact, last night, Steve Andrews was here watching himself on video, a very humble leader. And... uh, yeah, and he, I, I said to him, I said, when was the last time the two of you have taught us? And it's been a long time, if I, could, I couldn't remember. And it's a powerful message. For me personally, this message is powerful. Here's why. Because I have a slightly different angle on this message as I listen. Steve Andrews has been a spiritual father to me and to my family. Dave Wilson was the preacher that was preaching God's truth behind, when I was standing underneath that exit sign 18 years ago, and my life changed forever. And so when I listen to this message, I see how God has worked in my personal life, in my wife's life, in my kid's life, in our community. And when I listen to this message, I think, thank God that Steve Andrews and Mark Nelson and Dave Wilson heard the call of God and stepped down and, and did it. Thank God for all the people that came before the year 2000 that were part of making this building even happen. For me to be able to find a place where I was wandering and hurting, I could come in and hear truth and know that the truth was that God loved me, that he had a purpose for my life, that he was, in, he was investing in me, and that he was pulling me into an adventure. I want you to know something today. Every one of you, and I know there are some of, you, some of me and you, the person I was 18 years ago. You've come here this morning, you don't even know why you're here. But I want to remind you, you're here because God has a purpose for you beyond anything you can imagine. And when I hear this message, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing. And it is birth gratitude in my heart. And so I'm grateful for this community, and I'm grateful for these two powerful leaders. Listen and see if you see the history of this place and what God has for our future. I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited to do a message today with you. Well, of course. Well, here's why. Most of the time I'm on stage. Last week I was on stage with Ann, and I look over there, and I look at something beautiful. Today I'm looking over at Mr. Baldhead over there, and I don't know. It looks like but I'm excited. We're like twins. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Okay, Sorry. what do you do with that? I don't know what to do with that. But here's what's exciting. You and I get to talk about... I think one of the passions of our heart. It's, yeah. it's the call of God on our lives. We get to talk about the church being an unstoppable force. Three-week series we're starting today. It's a really exciting time in our Yeah, that's what brought, brought you and me and Mark together all those years ago, 31 and, years ago. And what's amazing is you know my story, and many of Kenzie didn't know this, but I grew up sort of hating the church. My mm-hmm. mom, single mom, dragged me to church every week. No option. you got to go to church. And every year, I never understood this, we, we switched denominations. I mean, I look back, I was a Bapto, Metho, Episcopalian, Lutheran. I mean, and I'm not even getting them all. I had every denomination in my background and it wasn't until i was like 16 i said mom why do we keep switching churches are you looking for a guy and she said yep yeah and we never found the guy but here's what i never connected so you never built relationships my view of the church as a high school kid was i'm never going when i don't have to and i Mm -hmm. went to college never went again yeah it's dead it's boring it's an insider club nobody on the outside's really Mm. wanted even though they said they were and they never did anything it never seemed like anything happened in the community and i thought that can't be guys dream for the church but it's all i knew yeah so mine's opposite i went to a great church uh the two pastors were boring i mean they were like not like you not like like if you've ever thought i was boring you you ain't seen nothing (laughs) these guys were terrible they would put the best people asleep but it was incredible group of people uh they loved me i felt believed in 
But the weird thing was nothing ever happened. Like this, the church moving, it just, it, it just never changed. And I remember even people that came in, if they didn't dress right, or if they didn't look right or know how to act, pretty soon you could tell they got shuffled off to the side and then they would kind of disappear. And so I remember all my life thinking, believing Jesus was alive, but like nothing's going to ever happen. Yeah, and so here we are. Obviously something happened to us. Yeah. And I know your story, you know my story. The bottom line is Jesus got a hold of our lives. Totally. And as he got a hold of my life in college, I mm. still did not have a, a vision of what the church could be until I was in a meeting where a guy was preaching and he preached Matthew 16. It was the first time I ever mm. heard Jesus describe mm. the church. It's one of the first times he ever used the word church. And I tell you what, this is going to be the foundation of this series is Matthew 16. Here's what God dreamed. This is really the foundation of our life, this passage. This right here. Let's read it. It says, Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Now stop for a second. I haven't been to Israel. I'm going in April. You've been there multiple times because you're special. Yeah, I'm special. But I'm going to be standing where he was. But yeah. I've, I've studied enough about it to know in that area, Caesarea Philippi was like a shrine to the gods. Mm-hmm. Even Caesar himself was enshrined as the king of kings and lord of lords. That was a title they gave to him. Mm-hmm. So here's Jesus, a penniless preacher rabbi with 12 ordinary men standing among these shrines to the gods saying, who do men say the son of man is? Mm-hmm. Now, The term son of man is really interesting. Jesus used that term about himself more than son of God. Why? The son of man comes from Daniel 7. Now, if you didn't know this, you didn't know what he's saying. But if you were listening with ears, you're like, oh, my gosh, he just said he's the son of man. Daniel 7 was the the son of man will have an everlasting dominion kingdom will never go. So he's communicating on the Messiah. So he's like, okay, what are they saying out there? They think these are all the gods. Do they know who the real God is? Yeah, because all those kingdoms that were there, they're all rebel now. Yeah. But at that moment, that's who they bowed down to. Look at their answer. Said they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Mm. But here's a key question. And I think this is a question everyone in the world has to answer. Mm. He asked, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Mm. Maybe the most important question any one of us will ever, ever answer. Who is Jesus? And you got to love it. Peter, Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So he cast this. I mean, Jesus cast this amazing vision of mm. what the church is going to be. Now, you and I know, and every, I think most people here know, the church is not a building. It's a community of people. But here's what he says. He says, it's going to be an unstoppable force. And so here's what I thought we'd do. Which is hard to believe if you think about how cruddy the church is sometimes. Yeah, but it can be, and God's dream for it, which is serious is going to be. It That's is what he's be. saying. It's going to be. So let's look at three thoughts on church from Jesus. And, I, and, and we took these right out of this passage. Three thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you know me. They're, they're going to be <laughs> cute, but they're going to make sense. The I first one is like this. Them. The church is built on a rock. Yeah. On a rock. Now, here's what's interesting. He says, on this rock, I'll build my church. Now, yeah. there's different denominations that believe he was talking about Peter. 
like I'm going to build my church on Peter, like the first rock of the church. The Peter first was leader. certainly pivotal to the whole thing, oh, yeah, right? But certainly was, and some people think that. But I actually believe we we believe here at Kensington, he was not referring to a man, Peter. He was referring to what Peter said on this yeah. rock, this statement, this confession that you are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. I'm mm-hmm. going to build my church. It's going to be a community of people that say I believe that he's the Messiah, the Son yeah. of the Living God, because. God doesn't build his church on men because men are flawed. Yeah. Well, Peter's the little rock in this big rock term of Jesus, this, this right. proclamation of lordship. It really is so fantastic because, first of all, the context of all these great yeah. historical figures and worship and Jesus, this little nobody, and he's saying, no, I'm going to be the one with the everlasting kingdom. But the th- other thing is the guys that he chose, even asking Peter to make the statement because I was thinking about these 12 guys that were gathered with him. Peter's going to deny Jesus with foul language Hmm. and with bitterness. Judas is going to sell Jesus. James and John, at the very end of Jesus' life, are going to try to buy their way into being the top dogs. And all the disciples are angry and frustrated and confused. And these are the guys, these men from the fringe of society, are going to be the answer to the gospel. And then, when you read the New Testament... The Apostle Paul, who's a hyper-religious maniac killing Christians, he's called out by God by a shining light, and then he carries the gospel to the Roman and the Greek world that ultimately brought the gospel to all of us who are listening in this room, came through Paul and through all these flawed, messed up people. And and obviously one one of the great things about what you just said is if God could use those guys, he can use us. Yeah. Right? He can use anybody. Yeah. I mean, you sort of look at that and it's like, how so in the world did the church even extend to 2,000 years later? Here we are. It's because God used those people. What did they have in common? One thing. Think about this. Every time you go to Israel, mm. you just got back from Nepal. What's the one thing you find over there in common? The people you're with believe what? Jesus. Jesus is the is rock. Lord. That he's the Messiah, the yeah. son of the living God. And that's the church. Whether it's, you know, in a building, uh, it was so beautiful on Monday. Uh, a couple guys and I went to a man's house that uh, family goes to Orient Campus, and uh, he's dying of brain cancer. Oh, he's got man. a 14-year-old daughter, uh, eight-year-old son. His wife was there, and we baptized him right off his master be- bath- bedroom into his bath. He can't, can't walk. We had to carry him in there, and he has an unbelievable faith. We're all in tears, not because he's, he's possibly dying, barring a miracle, we are in tears because this man was confessing Jesus as Lord. And it was so beautiful to be, what were we? We were the church, not in a building, mm. in a house. Why we were there, we were celebrating with this man, Mark, his faith in Jesus. Yeah. That's the foundation the church is built on. It's built on the rock of the truth of Jesus Christ. Every time two or three people gather, Jesus said, there I am in the midst. Even you and me, yeah. together, two people, we're having church right now. Yeah. And now, the church is unstoppable. Now, here's the amazing thing. Look where this goes. The church is built on a rock, but here's the thing about that rock. It's built on a rock that's rolling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to get a little rock and roll in here. A little corny. The okay. rock is rolling. But you know what I mean by yeah. that. And I know it's corny and it's probably not going to stick, but, but here's the thing. God's dream for the church, Jesus, when he talked about the church, was never a rock that just stayed. Now, Jesus mm-hmm. is the same today yesterday and tomorrow. That's, that's stable. But the church was never dreamed by God to just be stagnant yeah. or just sit and do nothing. The church was always to be moving. We talk about here, we love this phrase, go pulse. Mm-hmm. It's like the heartbeat of the church is go, yeah. go, 
Go, go where? Go to those people that God is trying to reach through what? The church. He's going to extend his kingdom of God through us going. It's not going to happen as we just gather. That's part of it. But it's just as important when we scatter, when we leave here, is to go and reach people with the gospel. Well, I love it. I, again, I just in Nepal, and you think of the impossible power of the gates of hell there. Hmm. And I got to witness the most heartbreaking and hopeful experience maybe in my whole life of Jesus Christ taking these devastated girls who've been horribly, horribly abused and turning them into community leaders and, and business owners and creating private banks for groups of women starting house churches. I mean, Jesus Christ is so alive. And when I look back on this, when I was a kid, I think I was so worried. I thought the church is so ineffectual. The gates of hell are going to like come in and just smash us. Mm. And it was, I think I was in my late 20s whenever I I heard someone teach on this and said, gates aren't, of hell aren't moving. The gates of hell are stationary. We're to go against them. You know, exactly. we're to smash against them. And so the whole, the whole power is Jesus and one person is a majority. If Jesus was one person, Jesus was with us, when we were starting this church, we were a majority. Nothing's yeah. going to stop Jesus. And the amazing thing about Jesus, when you, when, you, when you think, Jesus says, come follow me. He's never standing. He's always going somewhere. And so often it's like we're in a, you know, we're in a boat of comfortability in the church. And it's like we want to be comfortable. We want to make it about us. And Jesus is saying, no, I want, to, I want you to walk on water. And I'm not standing on water. I'm walking. Yeah. So when we get out of the boat, we say, I'm going to follow Jesus. This means we're going to go. And, and, and gates are defensive. So the church should be offensive. It should be on the move yeah. to extend the gospel. Well, the people we remember in history, like the Apostle Paul and Peter, were people on the move. I was thinking of this month. That we just finished, we just celebrated Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a guy that was attacking the gates of hell. Billy Graham, we talked again, incredible life and ministry. Mm-hmm. One of my greatest heroes, William Wilberforce, who really single-handedly destroyed the slave trade in the British Empire. Uh, just unbelievable to think about all of these guys. We think about the early church exploding. And I guess what I realized is that the church that I grew up in, I thought, man, if you're part of the church, Jesus wants you to have a nice job and a nice house and a couple of kids and wear a nice, nice clothes to church. I'm like, that was nothing of what it was. Jesus wanted radical followers of Jesus. And I thought about this mom and, oh, mom and dad. Actually, seen it in your life. Seen it in Mark and Callie. Seen it, I mean, it's just been a beautiful event. I've seen all, so many people that are listening to this message are people that have lived this rolling rock, oh. like Jesus rolling. We're they, surrounded done by it. thousands, yeah. And so to share it, is, I feel like I'm talking to a great crowd, cloud of witnesses. But I was thinking, was, I remember Billy Graham, but then I remember when I was 12, my mom and dad shared with me, i just come over from school. They said, hey, we're going to Kenya. So uh, dad's going to take over a mission hospital. So dad left his medical practice behind. Uh, and by the way, dad was like a like an endangered species. He was an outspoken follower of Christ who was a general surgeon, a physician, and he was invited to speak everywhere. And he was a fantastic teacher. My mother started Bible study fellowship in Memphis with Marion Frazier that grew to 2,000 women. I mean, they were amazing. But dad left his practice. We went to Kenya. We left my brother, who was a high school All-American football baseball player. We missed his senior year. And that, to me, was crushing because yeah. I loved him and was so proud of him. My mom left her first grandchild had just been born. And we moved to a remote area of Kenya, the Aberdeer Mountains. And what I saw was that Jesus Christ was not status quo Jesus. Mm. He was adventure Jesus. You know, it's like he was the living Jesus that was worth following. And it was that year that changed my life. That year, 
is the reason Kensington exists. We yeah. would, I would have never, ever done what I did if I didn't see them following Jesus. That was the same mom and dad who gave away 50% of their income every year that I remember. Because dad, dad, dad's checkbook was open to me. He shared that and showed that to me. And I thought, Jesus is calling every one of us to that same Jesus, that same calling. It's the same Jesus that moved my mom and dad to Kenya. That ra- The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same... Jesus had got you at Ball State University. It's the same Jesus calling right now. Yeah, as as you were sharing, I was thinking when I first met you at Faith Church, the church that planted us, that's what inspired me. We'd go work out together, pump big iron. Look at that, man. Feast People are laughing like, you guys never did that. We did. We actually worked out several days a week. And the funny thing you remember is we didn't mm. talk about weights mm. or our bodies. We talked about the body of Christ and yeah. dreaming that God wanted to do something radical in Detroit. And now thinking he's not only done it here, but he's doing mm. it locally and globally. And it's crazy to think, because I used to think if you go into like full-time ministry vocationally, you're going to like the, the minor leagues, mm-hmm. like the big leagues are up here making money and getting stuff. And you know, this, and I, and I realized no, this is as important as anything. And people that are in the big leagues, like making money, if they're going to their workplace with a vision with a of I am the church, mm-hmm. I am to extend it in this cubicle, in this in this hospital, in this school, wherever I am, that's the big leagues. And that's so, the church. Oh, it is the yeah. church. And so yeah. we joined up and it's like, man, we want to be a part of a, a revolution that would literally change the world. And it's so cool to look back in 28 years and think we have. I, I got to read you this quote. Okay. Alan Hirsch said this about about the church in a a book called Forgotten Ways. I love this quote. He said, if we want our kids to grow up and be nice, middle-class, well-adjusted college graduates with PhDs and nice haircuts, then my suggestion to you is, hey, quit it. (laughs) Then my suggestion to you is do not introduce them to the gospels because there they will meet a Jesus that will cause them to lose their lives for his sake. There they will meet a Jesus who will redefine every relationship they have. Hmm. Talk about what that means. Man, I just think people are not interested in just doing something because you're supposed to do it. They want to do something that is alive and purposeful, something that could overcome their depression or their mental struggles or their desperation. It's something that is truly worth your life. And knowing Jesus Christ is alive and that his love endures forever, that he does lead an everlasting kingdom. Like he, he said, yeah. it says, read fellow by, I want to be a part of something that lasts. And I want my life to be invested on something that lives beyond me. I don't care if my name is remembered, but I want the name of Jesus Christ to go forward in this world. Yeah. And when you think about the one that leads the church, it's not you, it's not me, it's Jesus. He's the rock. He's the founder. He's moving. I wrote this in my notes. Jesus did not leave heaven and come to earth to start a religion. He came to start a revolution. Mm-hmm. He did not come to start an institution. He came to start a movement. Yeah. And I thought it's so interesting in my own life, and I think the church can do this as well, is you can either be a thermometer or a thermostat. Thermometer, yeah, what do they do? I don't know what that means. Here's what they do. Thermometer yeah. measures temperature, right? Yeah. And you uh, stick it in certain places your body to measure temperature, right? Well, yeah. so often we, we do the same thing. We walk in a room and we just copy the culture. We don't change it. A thermostat sets the temperature. It says, I am going to change every situation I'm in. I'm going to bring the light of Jesus into this marriage. I'm going to bring the light of Jesus into this legacy. Mm. I'm going to bring the light of Jesus, which is literally the church in action, going, moving, rolling into the city, into this country, into the world and that's 
epic. I mean, that's what Jesus dreamed of. It's like, that's what I want our church to be a part Mm -hmm. of. And so when we met, that's what I knew. We were soulmates. We're like, we got to be a part of that. And so 28 years later, it's a dream come true. Well, when you say that, I I understand now what a thermostat is. My sister, who was a year ahead of me, Nancy, Nancy Holcomb now, we were at Central High School. She changed that high school. She was the thermostat. She changed it. Yeah. There were nobody standing up for Christ. Uh, it was a rough inner city, multi-ethnic high school. And she was that person. I think looking back, maybe that's where I got the vision that one person, you know, or a handful of people could change, could change the world. And I've heard your story. You changed that high school, too. Yeah, but it started. Yeah. It all, all went back to she her. She started a legacy. She gave me the courage to you do it. You continued it. Yeah. And it. And it's really interesting. When, when you start to follow Jesus, here's what happens. One of the first things that happens is you mm-hmm. no longer have your eyes on yourself. You start to realize it's not about me. It's about him. Mm-hmm. And he wants to use me and us, the church, the community, to serve others. I can remember the year I ran the Detroit Marathon for Hope Water. Did you know oh, I ran the marathon? Oh, man, I bet you smoked it. I, yeah, ran, did you? I ran the relay. <clears throat> relay. Which means I ran the last 7.3 miles. Oh, boy. So I got That's to finish, a lot further than I ran. Well, whatever. I got to finish the, the race with Steve Norman and Josh Eisenhart and Zarbaugh. It was awesome. Mm. But as I came running in, I'm in tears. Not because I ran seven miles and I'm in trouble. I was fine. It was like, oh, my gosh, I'm crossing the finish line. Not for me. Because hundreds of people have given money in my name to Hope Water to put wells in Africa for people who will die without water. And so as I'm running across the finish line, I'm thinking, I'm part of the church. I'm part of God using me and thousands of others to bless somebody else that Mm. I'll never even meet. I thought, that's a church on the move. Wow. So here's the thing. We got one last point. But as we do this last point, I thought, what a, what a great time to take the offering. Mm. I mean, people gave and are giving to different campaigns and Hope Water. So many of you give to Kensington online. It's, it's amazing. 70% of our giving is online. I just want to say, we right, thank you. I just saw a new thank safe you. house going up in Nepal. Yeah, those are the kind of things that happen when you give. Some of you are brand new here today. You're our guests. You can let it pass. But those of you that give, thank you. You're making a difference because you are advancing the kingdom of God. What Jesus dreamed of the church, you and I are a big Mm. part of, and giving is a a significant part of that. Okay, last thought. We've got the church is built on the rock. The rock of what? The confession that he is king of kings and lord of lords. The church is built on a rock that's not stable. It's always moving. And then here's the final one. The church is built on a rock that leaves a mark. So in other words, I mean, like you said, this church is crashing against the gates of hell. These yeah. defensive gates that say, you're not going to penetrate darkness. Though the church is not just rolling. It is everywhere the church goes. Everywhere a believer goes, they leave a mark, yeah. a dent, a significant impact for God. I see our community doing it everywhere. All of our campuses, Jesus Christ moving through people, through God's calling, through things that are happening inside and outside the church. And I remember this. I remember when we started, we felt so feeble. We felt determined. Yeah. We were like, oh, we're the church. We just think, hey, we're so tiny. But the thing is, God doesn't care how tiny you are or how weak you are. He is powerful. And, uh, and he decided to do something that was truly amazing. And I remember, remember people saying we're crazy. I remember almost every pastor or friend that I knew hated what we were doing. We were, for, we were a little one. crazy. We were a little obnoxious. I recognize that. And... And, and to think that when we started, uh, that God, God just had had this hand of blessing on us. But it's even interesting. Remember we got. Remember we were going to start our first campus. Oh, right there. 
We, we announced that we're going to start Rochester. We called it North. North Remember, campus. we called it Kensington North at the time. And I came off the stage after announcing that to the Troy campus, and yeah. a guy walked up to me, and he was mad. And he yeah. goes, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're going to destroy this whole thing. you got something great happen. People are going to leave here. That is the worst strategy ever. Yeah. And I had to look at him and go, I think God's calling us mm-hmm. to do this, and here we are. This summer, we're going to start our 59th U.S. church plant in Nashville, Tennessee, and you'll be hearing more about that. But I remember we started starting new churches, and we bring young leaders up on the stage and say, pray about going with this person. And people in the church go, that's a terrible business plan. <laughs> well, it actually is. Yeah. But it's the goal pulse. It's the movement of God. And so I just want to finish. This will be my last thought, and I'll turn it back over to you. But more than ever, as we've gotten larger and maybe more successful, whatever that means, and we have more of a global impact, people say, uh, when are you going to slow down? When are you going to stop pressing so hard? When are you going to stop taking risks? And my answer is when I'm dead. I hope it's when I'm dead or when I lose my mind. Because if Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, if, if Jesus Christ who stood there at Caesarea Philippi is really alive hmm. and he, did, he defeated death and he sits at the right hand of God the Father, then we are never going to stop. We're never going to stop trying to reach people. And we wanted to reach our contemporaries. We have a whole new band of leaders at Kensington that are praying about reaching their generation. And so this is my last thought. I really don't believe in the idea that we have multiple lives. I believe we have one life and we make that life count and that that life matters. And I want you to know something. I don't ever be protective about this church or what God's given us. I want to risk it all. I want to I want to live every day of my life as the best day ever. I want to live it pushing all in. And I don't want to let my discouragement or my weakness or my own personal struggle stop Jesus from doing what he's going to do in this world. That's what I want to be a part of. I'll tell you what, um, 28 years in, I couldn't feel more passionate today than I was day one with you. I mean, I hope we die doing this together. Now, they don't want us around until we die, but I hope we pass this on to the next generation in 20, 30, 50, 70 years from now, these buildings and more buildings and more churches are planted and more campuses will happen Mm. because I really do think the best is yet to come. I want to say how I feel, the way I feel about you, the way I've loved you, the way I've loved Mark, in the midst of all of our ups and downs, our our team, our family, is that's the way. Every time I look out, I see... Every single person, that's how I feel about them. I mean, you said day one, 28 years ago, God will bring great people to, yeah. to join this, and they're, they're sitting all over. You, you guys are soldiers. You are warriors. Mm-hmm. You are playing in the big leagues. I don't know if it's C.T. Studd. I think it was him. It's, what a name for a missionary, but a guy named C.T. Studd. my name. I think he said this. It's somebody. <laughs> he said, only one life, and it will soon pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's what you just said. Yeah. The only thing that matters is God said, I'm going to do something fantastic on planet Earth. And guess how I'm going to do it? Through the church, through flawed people who come together with one core belief. We believe Jesus is the son of God, the Messiah, the only hope of the world. And God says, I'm going to take you and I'm going to take me to the world through you. So there's no greater to the, mission. To the ends of the earth to reach every, to the church, to reach every single person. That we would give our lives, even for one person. Like if for all these years at Kensington, if only one person had come to know Jesus, it, it would have been more than worth it. And so I, I would say this, man, I'm inviting you to join us. Some of you are brand new here. You've been here a few months or whatever. You're trying to figure mm-hmm. out exactly what we're all about. Man, join this 
mission of the church being an unstoppable force, you'll never regret it. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do is commit your life to Christ and then commit your life to saying, God, what do you want me to do? What part do you want me to play? Because I tell you, God doesn't want you to sit and watch. I talked to a guy today who told me three years ago he came on a, on a Sunday in October and three weeks later he was serving. And he's been serving ever since. It's just, oh, man, that's oh, exactly man. what he wanted to do. He just saw the life in this guy mm. as he's like, God is using me to change the world. And so here's what I say. We need you and it requires energy, time, and even finances. And we've got an epic campaign that we're in right now that we want you to be a part of. Many of you already are, and we want to show you a video where Greg and Steve sat down and talked about what God's doing here and what God's going to do here in the future. I want you to watch it because I want you to join with us on this epic mission. Every once in a while, a church has the opportunity to accelerate their mission, like double down on what they're all about. And over the years of Kensington's existence, we have had just a handful of those very special times. And our Everyone campaign is the most recent example of that. This was a three-year window in which Kensington friends are giving over and above their regular financial support. We are approaching the last year of those three. A few thousand people have already given toward this, and we are so grateful. But we have more to do in order to finish strong, and we have more people who can help us get over that finish line. So some of you have been with us all along. You started with the Everyone campaign a couple years ago, and you've been giving, and we're so grateful. And perhaps you were around back then and just didn't see your way clear to jump in financially with us back then. But maybe now you could see your way clear to jump it in for the last 12 months. And maybe some of you are brand new to Kensington, and you may want to consider being part of the last year as well. And no matter who you are, we just know that together as a church family, we can fuel incredible mission and ministry here and around the world. And to get a taste of what all those things are, take a look at this. We're super excited about our new Clinton Township building, where we believe thousands of people will come meet Christ and engage their faith in a totally new way. At Troy, we've been able to improve a handful of things, including our kids' security system, and make some updates in the auditorium. We're still helping new churches get off the ground, so we invested in Easttown Church, led by the Dupins in San Francisco. We believe environments matter, so we've invested heavily in our online environment, that is our website, as well as what you see when you come into a Kensington lobby. We were able to complete the adoption of the Traverse City campus and church family. We've partnered with an organization called Youth With A Mission, which is all about reaching the next generation in the city of Detroit. So it's been an amazing run, not just for 27, 28 years, but even in the last couple of years, we have been able to see amazing things happen inside of Kensington, outside of Kensington. And, and when you think of all that, what for you uh, like really gets you pumped up? Our story is almost unique in the world. When I tell people around the country, say, yeah, we have seven campuses giving millions of dollars to another campus that they'll never see or use in order to see people come to know Christ in the Detroit area. And they're like, wait a second, explain this to me. These people over here 40 minutes away are giving to these people and they're giving like major portions of their life resources to make this happen. It, it doesn't even compute to people. And what I love is the, this spirit of other-centeredness. The great part now is we're taking this little kind of time out in the Everyone campaign because we've put a lot of resources into Clinton Township facility, understandably, yep. 
But there's this other list of projects that are really amazing projects that if we finish strong and as we sort of collect people into this investment, it's amazing things yet to come yes. just in the next like year or two. And think about this. This is this seems almost corny, but Troy's getting a new parking lot for a new Troy campus. Listen, there's a new spirit at Troy and a new vision and a new movement that is as exciting to me as anything we've done in our 27 years. We have signage. We have things that are happening at every campus to make us better, and we're going to step in and see those things happen. Was that your dream, like when you said, I want to be a church planting operation, a church planting church, which is why people think we're crazy, right? Because we're always sending people away from our church. Had you dreamt about having that express itself in other places than just America? I did, but I had no way, I had no way of knowing the variation mm -hmm. of Nepal, Cuba, Afghanistan, where we actually are supporting leaders who, who are, have been executed, have been beheaded this year. We get... Gosh, we get to be a part of it. Are you kidding me? No, I never dreamed that it would be this dramatic. The other thing that I didn't expect is the fact that people hear, well, we want to start new churches, and they think, oh, you want, you want to start like a beautiful building. Like, No, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And so we have people that are launching new initiatives, new dreams all the time, new small groups and homes, new ideas, new ministries that, that are going to change the way people live. This is being birthed in the hearts of of Kensington people literally, literally every second. You know, I think sometimes when people see Kensington and they see some of the great things that have happened and the buildings we have and all these wonderful people around us, they're like, well, what do you guys need? I mean, why would you even be asking for more? Like, are you building some sort of an empire? Yeah, well... The empire that's being built belongs to Jesus Christ, not to me. Not to, No one on this staff owns any of this. This belongs to the Kensington body. And what is amazing to me is that whatever we do inside, we do far more outside. We're going to launch our 59th U.S. domestic church this year. We are going to touch over a million people with the gospel of Jesus Christ globally. It's like what we do here at Kensington, it's like the the epicenter of, of everything going out. Almost like we're collecting resources so that we can actually send yes. them out. Yes, yeah. and, then, and then the greatest resource is the people themselves as they go out to do what God's called them to do. So there's probably a couple thousand people listening to this conversation right now, and uh, we still have a year of the Everyone campaign to go. What would you love to see happen? Very simple. I want 100% of us to be in to this everyone campaign. I want every person at Kensington who's a part of Kensington now to be able to look back and say, I helped finish that Clinton Township building. It's going to be reaching people at Hall Road in 94 for the next 100 years. And I helped build that Nepal safe house where young girls are being restored into church planners and community leaders. And I invested in Kaleo kids and reaching these elementary schools and restoring and changing these kids' identities. And I was a part of getting Troy a new parking lot and Orion, you know, building upgrades inside. The beauty of life is when you can say, we did this together. That's what I want. I want every person to be freed from the, the oppression of the question, what's in it for me? 
and to be liberated to ask the question, what is Jesus Christ inviting me into? Like how to use my life, everything that I've been, been given, whether it's for the Everyone campaign or starting a new program or reaching out to their neighbors, and that we begin to live not with this concern about how do I preserve my own life, it's how do I give my life away and let Jesus like flow through me in this world, not, and not just through individually, but as communities, as teams, as groups of people. Uh, Kensington is a huge army around the world. And uh, as people are learning to say, not my will, but Jesus, yours be done, man, what might we see? I mean, it, we've already been amazed. I think the best is yet to come. I am absolutely grateful to God that he put me in a community where people give selflessly. Like, I look around the country, I don't know of anybody that does it this way, where people give to other people, people serve, people launch. I was thinking, Kensington started almost 28 years ago because people from around the country gave who never even came here. And that was the money that started this church. It's it's really a beautiful thing. I mean, you're right. It's so unique that people would give and they don't even benefit. Other people benefit from it. And the beautiful thing is we're going to ask you to keep doing it. That's, yeah. that's us. We're that's, always going to challenge and say, let's, let's go to where God's calling us. And it's always going to require time and sacrifice and money. And, and discomfort. So, yeah. So the yeah. ushers right now are going to pass out this, this card, this brochure for you to look at. We're going to walk you through it. Uh, briefly, but it's it's literally a card that you're holding in your hand, which is God's sort of vehicle to say, do you want to join us and be a part of the future? Because here's what's, what's truly amazing is, you know, I look at the Troy campus right now and say, do you realize Troy campus, you're sitting in a building that people gave to before you were here? Mm-hmm. Long before. You know, 28 years ago, we yeah. started campaigns to say, start putting money away so someday when it's ready, God moves us. We'll be, think of this, Orion campus, where I spend most uh-huh. of my weekends... Think about this, Orion. You're sitting in a building right now that a woman from Troy gave the biggest, largest gift to start the campaign. She doesn't go to Orion, but she believed in God's call in such a way that we have a building because of somebody else given. When we started, we said, man, wouldn't it be great if we could live in a community where nobody asked what's in it for me? That's what we look at. Clinton Township, you're getting ready to move into a building in a couple of months where 80 to 85% of the money that's building that building has come from the other campuses. I mean, it's humbling. And it keeps us all humble because we we need each other. Think about Birmingham, Shelby, and Clarkston, all launched. And what about Traverse City? Traverse City, the first $2.8 million of this campaign, the Everyone campaign, went to adopt them into the Kensington, the Kensington church world, which is awesome. So here, here's the it's thing. Cool. I love it. We're inviting you to join us. With this camp, with this everyone campaign, go ahead and open up this card. I just want to highlight a couple things on here. And the biggest thing is this: we're we're a year away from finishing this campaign. We started two years ago, a three-year campaign, and our goal was thirty million dollars. It's still thirty-two, thirty million dollars. Twenty-two million was pledged two years ago. And here's the amazing thing: twenty-two million dollars was pledged by only 3,000 people at Kensington. Mm-hmm. We have an average attendance of over 14,000 people, which is awesome that that many people yeah, pledge. Yeah, at least 7,500 
giving units, giving families and individuals. Yeah. Which is cool. You can look at that and go, wow, that's cool. And the other side of it is, is there's so much room for other people to jump in yeah. and join us. And to so here, to that. here's what's really exciting. There's three options for you. Maybe you weren't here two years ago or last year, and you're hearing about this campaign for the first time, and you're like, I want to jump in. We call that startup. Yeah. In other words, you can start up right now, join in for this last year, and get in. Or maybe you were here two or three years ago, and you didn't join at that time for whatever reason, and now God's saying, it's time to start up. You can jump in. And we put in, in, the, in the car just... You know, if, if 750 people gave $50 a month or 1,300 households gave 100 a month or 2,000 households gave 250 a month, and I know people can do that. It yeah. isn't out of the question. That would make up the difference of what we're trying to We're hoping to get yeah. 5,000 uh, families to commit to this. And yeah. that's a, that's so a big jump. 3,000 to 5,000. It's a big step, but I think, big it, I think it'll happen. I think people want to join in. I think so, too. So, yeah. so for some of you, it's startup. Yeah. The other one is in... Uh, I want to speak to the step-ups. This is the 3,000 of you that, like Dave and me, have already made, a lot of us have made huge pledges, big challenges. And me, I'm so grateful. And uh, a lot of you have already finished your pledge. You're warriors. And maybe God's blessed you. And maybe you say, hey, you know what? Uh, two years ago, I couldn't see three years down the road, but this could be the moment where you could, could jump in and even propel us even further along on this journey. And I think that could apply to both of us. So you don't have to, I mean, you're free in Christ, but if you'd love to step up, step up and go to a different level, that would be amazing. Yeah. I actually think there'll be a lot of people do that. It's like, God is blessed. I mean, I've talked to several people that they fulfilled their, their pledge before the three years. They couldn't believe they did. And so it's a, it's a question to ask them to pray, pray the dangerous prayer. We've always talked about just saying, God, what, do you, what, what is your will for me as it relates to yeah. this? So it may be start up for some people, step up from others. And then the last one is stay mm-hmm. in, which is probably both of us. I know I'm staying in. I made a pledge. I haven't completed it yet, but I'm not bailing out. I'm going to finish strong. I hope to give more than my pledge yeah. in this next year. But those I are you that are... a bunch of times. Yeah, we've all yeah. done that. And there's thousands and hopefully more that are going to say i am staying in and i'm going to finish this thing a lot of it is truly believing god for a miracle and i've seen this every this is our sixth campaign i think in 28 years and every year ann and i made a pledge greater than we thought we could fulfill because we believe god was calling us to that number and every single time god has miraculously provided and again, it's like we're on our knees going, we're grateful that not only God blessed us, but he blessed us in a way that we could help the church be an unstoppable force. We just see time after time of where Jesus has met us. I mean, even the, the provision of the land for Clinton Township or the Orion building. building movement that probably saved us millions of dollars. We've seen God's faithfulness, but even more than that, we see God's faithfulness working in individual lives and in families and groups and movements. And and I just really am so grateful that whatever time I have left, whatever time we have left, you probably have more time left than me. I don't know. But to follow Jesus to the very end and to make hay, man, while we can, let's go for it. And uh, to say, Jesus, what might you do next? Because we honestly don't know. And I think if there's one thing that surprised me at this point where we are right now is how fast life has gone. Yep. You blink. Yeah. People are saying, man, why don't you just back off and coast? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Life is so short. And we've got a chance to do this together. And, man, I want to go into heaven and with all of you, with a great train of people who were blessed, people that never knew Jesus, but, but came to find him because he was faithfully working through us. 
So take, I'd ask you to take this card and put it in a place of prominence and just pray. I honestly don't care what you do, yeah. but to pray about it and say, Lord, what are you directing me to do? Yeah, we, we really don't care what you do. We want you to go before God just like we have and continue to do and say, God, what do you want me to do? And whatever he tells you, do it. Do it with joy. Do it with joy. Pray about it with your family. Pray about it any way you want. And then he's going to lead you. He is going to lead you. And on the back of the card, you can see that's how you let us know. We're actually going to have a pledge Sunday in two weeks, Saturday night here at Troy and Sunday, where you can come and bring this and tell us what you're going to do. I I really believe God's going to do a miracle. He's going to raise another $8 million. We're going to be able to do incredible things here and then locally and then globally because you and I are going to be soldiers and say, we're doing this because mm-hmm. it matters. It's important. And anything that matters requires sacrificial effort and giving. And I, I want to say thanks before I pray because yeah. I believe God is going to use all of us to do incredible things. Yeah. Want to pray? Let's yeah. pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this mission of being a part of a community that is your church that's unstoppable. And what, what a mission to live our lives for. It is worth our very lives. And you've called, it, called us to that. And you've called thousands way beyond, beyond what we ever dreamed to be a part of Kensington and beyond. And Lord, I pray that the next decade and several decades would not be something that's stagnant or status quo or mediocre. I pray it would be the best is yet to come. And so God, I pray you lead us. We'd hear clearly from you and we'd obey. We'd step out in faith like never before and trust you like never before. And we'll see you do greater things than you've already done, which has been incredible, but you're gonna do even greater. So Lord, thank you for this army. Thank you for the soldiers. Thank you for Steve. And we pray that we would do your will and you'd use us beyond what we can even imagine or dream. And the name above all names, the name of Jesus, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we pray. Amen. Amen. I know Steve would never say anything about himself like this, but it hit me beyond any other. I haven't said this in any other service last night or this morning, but I'm watching him. I don't know if you realize this. He's a very unusual lead pastor of a movement like this. So when he says he goes around the country and people can't believe what's happening in our community, it's because of his heart to empower people and push them and share. Most people in a church community this big, they kind of build it up into one community, one personality. Steve has always said, no, it's about the whole movement. And it's about everyone being part of this, this priesthood of believers. It's really amazing. He, w- he would never tout that. He would never <laughs> promote that. He's a very humble man. But his unique DNA has bled into each one of our campuses. And I'm grateful for that. Because when I, you know, Amy, my wife was here last service. Usually she comes to the noon. She came early in the morning and we watched that whole video together. And then that picture of the Clinton Township building came up and over it in our hearts. And she leaned over and she's like, wow, do you know what that means? You know, and we're like, yes, we know what that means because we know what this place, believe me, it's not the building, but it is the church, the people and the movement of God. I, that's my, that's our side of town, the East Sounds. And we know what's going to happen there when that opens up in a couple months. We know the lives are going to change. And we're doing this everyone campaign. We started a couple years ago. We started having these house meetings with some people and a beautiful couple that's been with us a long time. They said, it's a no brainer for us. So before we ever got to this place, we knew, we walked into this building, Troy building. We're like, wow, people invested in this. 
now they're saying, it's no brainer for us. We're investing. We know what this means. And so we're inviting you uh, on this journey. And really, it is very simple. It's just a dangerous prayer. Take this home, put it in a prominent place. Like Steve said, pray and ask. And last night, uh, Nancy Worm just came back, our, our campus director from India. And she said, uh, in fact, I think you're with this, Mac, but they were going to a service and all of them took up a little offering for this community in India. And they thought it was kind of a small offering and they were a little shy to give it. And when they gave it, they realized that that offering would pay for two months of this pastor's salary. Here's what I want you to know. Anything you can do to be part of this is unbelievable. You have no idea. And so pray over it. Don't think you don't have anything that's beautiful. Uh, Share in it. Be part of it. Uh, If this isn't your time, the Lord's going to tell you that. And that's okay. Like, this is part of our calm. Let's keep going on this journey. It's awesome. And here at Troy, we do believe that something beautiful is happening. Andrew Kim and Nancy and Michael King and Jalen C. Wright, we feel like the Lord's doing something new in our midst. I've been here a long time in this community. It feels new. And so we're inviting you on this journey. And guess what? It's not just the parking lot. You know, like I'm happy to have a parking lot, but we'll have updates in the auditorium and the lobby and the kids' wings. So it's going to be beautiful stuff. So take this and pray over it. Well, at this time, we're going to end with singing out a song. And it's one of my favorite songs. It's been around for a while now, but it's one of my favorite songs. And I encourage you to stay in here and just listen to voices lifted up as they say this truth. Great are you, Lord. Remember, it is about God, period. It says in scripture, if this is a human endeavor, guess what it'll amount to? Nothing. But if it's rooted in Jesus, and I believe that, it'll have eternal value. That's what the song is saying. Great are you, Lord. So why don't you stand up if you're able, lift your voices if this is true.
It's your breath in my lungs. So it's your breath. That lyric that you sang, it's your breath, your breath in our lungs, so we praise. I'm telling you something, when that moment happens in your life, will you realize that it's God's breath, God's life, not our own. Man, 18 years ago, I was like, this, all, this is about this life, my life. I, when that started to change, something so powerful happens. It's not your breath. Man, I would love to know that I'm in control of my breath. I'm gonna live forever. No, you're not. I wanna live a long time, longer than Steve Andrews. But I'm just like, but it's not my breath. It's God's breath. It's his life. And he has a purpose for each one. And when he grabs a hold of that, guess what happens? We become this village that gets to pour out his praises. And that's when we will see change. That's when we will see his kingdom come. It's beautiful. That's the opportunity. That's the heart of our church. That is the heart of this mission. I believe it's the heart of the gospel. And so join us. Let's go. We're grateful that we're here. Thank you, Lord, for this community. Thank you that we can gather. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your vision. Lord, if there's one person in here that has never realized that, that you own their breath and you're inviting them into a journey with you, thank you. Thank you, Lord pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you need prayer, come down front. We'd love to pray for you out in the lobby. Uh, You remember interns, remember Good Friday Easter tickets, and then we will see you next week.